Well, uh, since you brought up this issue of some of the uh, clients you work with mm-hmm. who are disabled, mm-hmm. how did you even become aware of that? I'm going to tell you sort of an embarrassing story. Okay. But when I first became aware of your book, mm-hmm. tell me the whole title again. The I'm, Ultimate Guide to Sex and Disability. The yeah. Ultimate yeah. Guide. Yeah, That's yeah. the <laughs> sexy part. <laughs> okay. Um, I sort of imagined that you were like the Stephen Hawking of disabilities, right? right? right. I thought when I met you, you were going to be in a gigantic wheelchair mm. and have all kinds of interesting visible disabilities. And, uh, and then and when, I'm not. And you're not. I'm not disabled, right. Yeah. yeah I yes. mean, at, at least in your... No, well, op- I am, yeah, you wouldn't know, but I am, I'm telling you now. I'm currently non-disabled. So you're currently non-disabled. Currently, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, unfortunately, have bronchitis, right. so I can't say I can't say the same right now, yes. Don't laugh. <laughs> Bad for your voice. Oh, that's right. I can't laugh. But how did you even learn anything about this world? Well, so I grew up, like most people, in a very kind of, I mean, you know, we live in a homophobic world and we live in a disability-phobic world, right? So if you don't have someone in your life with a disability who you love and you're interested in them being a big part of your life, you probably... How would you know? Yeah, how would you know? But the first sex store that I ever got a job at when I was 17... Uh, one of the owners had a partner who was disabled, and it was sort of known as sort of the most disability-friendly sex store in the town that I, the city that I grew up in. And so we had customers, customers would come in with disabilities, or they would call, and they would identify themselves as disabled. And it was the late 80s, and most of my job was hand-holding non-disabled people who were totally uncomfortable talking about sex. It was before Sex in the City, and it was Canada, it was like it was good, good vibrations, that kind of stuff hadn't, you know, everything takes a while to filter up there. So people would come and they didn't have a, you know, they didn't have the word for clitoris, they didn't have the word for vibrator, they didn't, and, and I would spend half an hour just telling them, like, it's okay, breathe, I'm not going to freak out, we can talk about something and you can leave with a sex toy if that's what you want. And eventually I got a little bit frustrated with it because I was young and I was like, you know, I was young. Um, at the same time, we would have these customers who would call me and say, I'm disabled and I have a latex allergy, and I want a penis pump, and it needs to be this big, it needs to be like this, and it can't have any latex in it, and can you find me this, this, and this? Hmm. And they were totally direct, and I loved it, right? I was like, yes, I'll, I'll go do that. Um, and so, in fact, I kind of, uh, I, I, my introduction to disability and sex was, in fact, very screwed up, because my experience was that people with disabilities, they had it all going on, right? They were totally comfortable talking about sex, they, whereas non-disabled people were just scaredy cats. Which, of course, is not exactly the case, because when you but grow the, up... But, but the fact was yeah. that the disabled folks who had the nerve to call you right. were at the point where oh, they yeah. were like, hey, here's my deal. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what's going on, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm going to ask for help. But this is the other thing, is that, that they were clearly like, this is what I need help with, as opposed to people who didn't even know where to start asking a question. 